You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. My dancing co-host for the day, Javi Reyes of Locked On Padres. Joining me, Ryan Fickelstein of Locked On Mets. Got a lot we're going to talk about today. A little Michael Conforto, talk about the offseason, how this lockout's never going to end. How you doing today, Javi? I'm doing pretty good, man. I mean, honestly, look. The January hangover, like, I don't know about you, but I really, I got, I really think January and August too, but I think January is just like the, the worst month. No offense to anyone who's got some birthdays in January and all that. Uh, I know my mom's birthday is January 4th, but like, it's just, man, like it's, it, you just feel, I don't know. It just takes you a little bit to get back into, into the swing of things. And it's even harder because it's not like we have too much baseball news to talk about because we're at a lockout. So it's, it's just kind of this weird moment, but. I did talk about one of my favorite movies the other day on a podcast, so I think I'm slowly getting back into it, talking more Padres, and now I'm talking here with you. So I am. I think. I think the we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know if there's any light at the end of the tunnel of this lockout. I, I just saw a report that <laughs> Rob Manfred, uh, he's gonna meet, or I don't know if he's gonna meet, but there's gonna be a meeting where where some actual numbers are gonna be discussed. There's gonna be some conversations, which we haven't mm-hmm. seen in the first two months of this lockout. Uh, I have no hopes that this is going to end anytime soon, though, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, that that's what I kind of was talking about on my pod the other day, where everyone seems very, like, rightfully, by the way. They're like, baseball can't afford to miss games, right? Like, this yeah. is not you. Your ratings went up and stuff, and it's like you look at the last lockout they had. The the attendance and everything went down by, like, 40%. Then you have the steroid, all that stuff. So it's like it, we've literally seen that it impacts your sport a lot. But my thing is, like, when has baseball ever shown that they will be able to figure out the bare minimum of keeping their sport relevant? They act like a sport that's in first place and gets all the viewings all the time. I mean, constantly. They're like, yeah. oh, yeah, we could we could afford this type of stuff. And they, they argue and they banter. It's like, I think it's not unlikely that we probably, you know, get back to things by at least the start of spring training or, like, in the middle of it. And we don't miss too many regular season games. But, like, what has baseball done to give you confidence that that's a sure thing? That they're not yeah. going to mess us up and we're going to miss a month and a half of the season. And and then everybody's going to be losing their mind. Then we're going to be talking about the NBA and then no one will care anymore. It's it's dark times for, I think, baseball fans. What do you think about the current leadership, I think, that's going on with, with the ownership and with the commissioner's office and, and such? Yeah, and I think the, the interesting part about it is if, from the owner's perspective, I think we, we think so much about this first year, but – they're talking about a deal that's going to be five, six years. If they're in the mindset that they're going to lose so much money by signing a bad deal early, they will be the ones that are going to just look at the, the MLBPA and play that game of chicken. And uh, I, I think you're, you're, you listen to the Dan Levitard show, right? I just, I just every kind of, now and then I do every now and then I do because that show ages better with time for, yeah. for in my experience where it just seems to have like a very, it has a lot more in common with my view on sports these days than I think I, it used to have. I used to take it very seriously and be like, let's let's go in that. And now I'm like, man, I, I almost like hate sports fans almost. Like, yeah. I like, I don't hate them, but it's just like, you, you know what it is? I get why people hate them more than ever at this point <laughs> in my life. I really do. When someone's like, I hate sports fans, I'm like, I, I get it. I get it. Like, we're yeah. complaining about the dumbest things. And then the things that actually might matter more, we don't get all that upset about. It's it's kind of a nightmare. But yeah, Levitard, I know, has been, has been hammering all these points home. 
Yeah, yeah. And he, uh, you know, David Sampson goes on his show a lot, former, you know, president of the Marlins. And Sampson was talking about how, you know, he felt like the the 60 game season gave the owners more of a reason to be willing to lose games because they found mm. a way that they could still make money in a shortened season. Mm. They just did it two years ago. So that's another thing that's concerning is just an expanded yeah. playoff. How much does that, you know, offset their losses and, and how yep. and that, that could be enough to, to drag this thing out? But I feel like we should move yeah. on, right? Should, should we I stop mean, talking admittedly, about I will say, it, Yeah, I mean, we kind of have to, but I know that it's like the big topic, that and Hall of Fame. I, I remember, I think um, Hannah Kaiser uh, put out a poll, which is like, which is what's more like more contentious topic, the the lockout or like labor disputes or the lockout or or something else. I forgot what it was, but it's just like, yeah, like, it, oh, the lockout or Hall of Fame voting. And it's just like, yeah, I mean, both of the, it's only like, yelling right now with baseball yeah. fans you know what i mean like there's only yelling or nothing there's like no in between everybody's just very upset to be a baseball <laughs> fan right now uh but I, hey, I will admit though that 60 game season was fun for my team especially yeah that's the one thing i'll say is i you know i wouldn't necessarily mind a shortened season i know that makes Let's me get, sound like, crazy yeah we need a sweet spot we need it to like end at the end of august you know what I mean? Ooh, right before football starts, maybe you get a little bit of playoff action there. That's that's that for me has been the dream because August is kind of a dead month. So if you could Who capture that the a little first, bit more, the first Mister mm-hmm. September. I mean, that's yeah, it's got a good rate. It's to it, it's you know? why not? You could do worse. You could do worse is what I'm saying. I think it'd be yeah. a lot of fun. It could be. Yeah, I mean, I would also even go out of my way to say, hey, you know, some of these other uh, like like let's get wacky with baseball. Let's let's do home run derbies mm-hmm. to decide games. Let's do. Yeah. Uh, Why not? I'm, I'm good with all. Everybody's of it. out here complaining about the ghost runner thing. Like it's the end of the world. It's like what? All right, ten games were affected that by that for your team I this year. Like Relax, it guys. I kind of like love it. it. I loved it. Who? Because I know so many people also that were like, I, I just mentioned football before, that they viewed it like red zone, where when they saw that a team was going to extras, they would turn on the game. They're like, oh, it yeah. could end any second now. I know baseball always and the extra innings can end because of the home runs and stuff, but it was like this sudden death thing. I feel like it was more, all right, you don't have to put it in the playoffs, but, dude, there's 160 games. You're really complaining because, like, 10 of them will have this diff. God, I don't care what they do to make the game different. If in over, if in the, the extra innings you have it that all of a sudden it's wiffle ball, I don't care. I just think this is the number one sport that should just be kind of accepting and being excited about new things. The double headers that are seven games. I love that. I was like, great, yeah. just two seven-inning games. They're shorter, more bite-sized. I was like, I think this is great. It's not the whole season. This isn't, it's too long of a season for, I think, anyone to justify like these minor rule changes. It's like, or to not justify these yeah. these minor rule changes. I think it's fun. At least it adds a little bit of a different juice to it, even if it's a little silly in a lot of ways where it's like, oh, sacrifice, bunt, pop fly, we win. I get it. Yeah. But it's not that many games in the grand scheme of things. And, I, and honestly, after watching it, a lot of them don't even play out like that. You know, a lot of times the, the first team's going yeah, for multiple runs. And, true. And, the one thing too, I think, for from our perspective, is the last thing I want to do is watch a six-hour game and then record a podcast after. It. <laughs> like those, oh my those god! Those nineteen-inning games are brutal. Even a fourteen-inning game, I, I don't like know why I we're mean, romanticizing them. 
you're preaching to the choir here. I don't know if you remember that that Padres Dodgers game that lasted until like four o'clock in the morning. I wanted to jump off a bridge. It was the worst <laughs> thing in the world, man. It was when Blake Snell is like, throwing a no hitter, and then they kept him in for some reason at 120 pitches, and then he gave up the tie to uh, I think was it Max Muncie? I think it was Max Muncie. Yeah. No, it was Will Smith. I think. Okay. Uh, Will Smith, and then and Tatis then untied the game. I remember like the Dodgers took the lead, but then he he hit the home run, and I was like, oh, here we go again. It was like inning like 19. It was madness. Yeah. I was at was one, a team man. that was collapsing. I was yeah, at a Mets Reds was... game that uh, Jared Eikhoff started, and it was just like runs nonstop. And I think there was like three <laughs> or four innings where like both teams scored like three runs. And by the end, everyone was pissed off in that stadium. Like no one went home winners. <laughs> no one went home winners. I can tell you from the experience of being there, everyone went home sad, uh, but the Mets did win that game. <laughs> It's just you're just you're playing a dangerous game because if you lose your team loses and you've been watching that game for eight hours you are not gonna be happy it'll make you quit baseball for a few days i, I yeah. can speak from experience where i'm like all right i just like didn't watch the padres the next night i was so tired i was like i can't do this madness give me the updates in the morning exactly um, for sure man well, uh, I think we should talk to Michael Conforto, but first, you got a snack? You want? I'm kind of hungry. You have a snack? You want to tell me about? Yeah, a- absolutely. Look, here's the thing, man. Here's the thing. It's the new. Everyone's been talking about it for a, a millennium. Okay, I don't know if you know about this, man. I don't know if you do. Everyone's been talking about this thing forever. Unlike the lockout, unlike these extra innings, this is unequivocally great, guys. I'm talking about the best protein bars in all of the lands. Of course, I'm talking about Built Bar. They're great. They're fantastic. And what I love about here's what I love about them most. Anyone can make something taste good. All right, that, that's not that's not true. Um, you, you you can make something taste good. That's true. But can you make something that tastes good and is healthy for you and has a really great variety of flavors? That's what I love. They've got mint chocolate. They've got chocolate almond. They've got double chocolate. They've got what else? They got raspberry, strawberry. They got this eggnog and gingerbread flavors that just dropped in honor of Christmas. Uh, Cherry Barcia, my mom's personal favorite flavor. I'm an apple almond crisp guy. They've got everything. They're kind of like the Ben and Jerry's of protein bars in a lot of ways, guys. And you know, you know, 100% chocolate that they're covered in, more protein, less carbs, all that good stuff. And just for you guys. Because you are listening to this podcast, if you go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your order, guys. That's right. 15% off your order. Remember, that is built.com, LOCKED15 as the promo code to get 15% off, guys. Built Bars are the best. Go check them out. That's right. My personal favorite, cookies and cream. I just wanted to put that out there to the Locked On mm. Padres listeners. I mean, Locked On Mets listeners know that, but I just want to throw that mm. out there. So uh, let's switch over to Michael Conforto. I'm sure you got some questions for me. He's a free agent. Yep. Maybe he signs with the Padres. Maybe he signs elsewhere. Let's mm-hmm. see. Yeah, I mean, so that's my first thing is I, I think, believe it or not, a lot of the free agents that are connected to your team are unfortunately guys that I really wanted. It's not like Max Scherzer or anything like that. It's not even Starling Marte. I mean, I want that player. Make make no mistake. I would not be upset if we got ourselves a Max Scherzer for this Padres staff that really kind of was uh, fell short of expectations. Didn't you have but... him? I for didn't. Oh, oh yeah. I guess I guess that was only uh, short lived, right? <laughs> I 
You know what? I'm glad the Mets were such a disaster in the second half. I'm going to say it right How dare you? You just I brought mean, up the trauma. That happens on my birthday. God damn it. All the disaster. Tatis then gets hurt. I, I can't believe he did that. Look, shout out Ken Rosenthal. I know that he's been in this whole drama too, but let's just say I... I may or may not have called him a narc. I was mad when that <laughs> happens. I was really upset when that happens. Uh, Mike Rizzo is a sleeper agent for the Los Angeles Dodgers to give them Trey Turner and Max Scherzer. They activated a chip. They gave him the code word. And like the Winter Soldier, he sprung to action and had to save them and do whatever they asked. I, I hate that. And I'm so mad that you just brought that up. How dare I mean, you left it. You left the out. You threw the lob pass. You didn't even know it. But I had to slam it down. I'm That's sorry. True. I mean. That's true. That's true. You, I just got Brandon knighted. I think, yeah. uh, DeAndre Jordan style. Um, but yeah, hundred percent. When it comes to uh, those guys, I think that um, for me though, those under the radar free agents is what I really liked, and those two were Mark Canna and Michael Conforto. Obviously, Mark Canna signed with you guys. I liked him. I thought he was sneaky. One of like the twenty. 25 honestly just probably 20 like best outfielders in baseball i thought he'd been playing really well also really fun little instagram he's a big foodie guy so i was a big fan of that um so and just a two-year i think 26 million dollar deal i was like ah man like that could have been a really great addition for the padres in left field and then the other guy is michael conforto who's a little bit more interesting than Marcana because the upside is i think a little bit more available there especially when it comes to power he's had good seasons before and i've kind of compared him recently to a Marcus Simeon where it's this guy that was good for years um had like three straight years of being very good maybe not as good as Marcus Simeon's uh second to last year in Oakland and now everyone's a little bit out on the guy because he had a poor season the most memorable thing for Michael Conforto this year was leaning into a pitch that then hit him and allowed the Mets to win the the, the elbow game as a lot of people it was literally the, the only like notable thing that happened for Michael Conforto this year and my thing is, I wonder, do you think it's possible that he's going to take like kind of a, a prove it one year deal with the team for a decent amount of money and then get paid like Marcus Simeon did, where he took a one year 18 million and then he cashed in because he knew his market value w- was was higher. Or at least he hoped that his value was higher. He bet on himself. Do you think that's possible? Because if it is possible, I would rather go that direction than giving a eight year seven-year deal to Nick Castellanos or maybe even Chris Bryant just because the Padres have so much money dedicated right now that I don't know how much uh, leeway they have to manage their roster. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting you brought up Nick Castellanos because that's the contract that I actually think makes sense for Conforto. You know, the same agent, mm. Scott Boris. You know, Castellanos, mm. I think it was a four for six or $64 million deal or four years. I think he had opt-outs after each of the first two years. So that's what I see for Conforto, a, a four-year type contract where he has the opt-out mm-hmm. so he can hit free agency after a good season. I think that's what he's going to look for. And I think if you compare Michael Conforto to those guys, Chris Bryant and Nick Castellanos, I like Conforto a lot more. Like Mm -hmm. if you were to tell me he's not coming back to the Mets, but if you were to tell me which of those three would I most want to stay on the Mets next year, it'd still be Conforto, even though they already have three outfitters, just because Mm -hmm. I look at Michael Conforto defensively. And I think, you know, compared to Castellanos, there's no question there. Yeah. Castellanos that's my big red flag. Yeah. Awful. And you, I, I yeah. don't think that is something that I'd want over an eight year deal. And I think the same thing about Chris Bryant. I mean, everyone loves this versatility he has, but if you look at the numbers, he's a bad defender at third. He's a bad defender in left and in right. So w- what is he really bringing you? It's, it's subpar defensive versatility. Uh, Michael Conforto. I, I think that's not a question. And then yes, he had a bad year in 2021. There's no question about it, but the entire Mets lineup 
had a bad year. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes hitting is contagious either way. And when everyone's going through it, it's harder to break out of those slumps. He also had the hamstring injury. That was a really bad injury that took him out for a couple of months in the season. So I think that Conforto is much better than he was this past year. Uh, in 2020, his numbers are ridiculous. He's not going to yeah. be that guy. It was a shortened season. It was a hot two months. But 2019, I think that's who Conforto is, which is a 30 home run guy. He had 90 RBIs. He set you know career best marks pretty much across the board. He's not going to hit 300, but he's going to get on base at a 350 clip. Like he's going to give you power. He's going to get yeah. on base and he's going to be good defensively in right field. So yeah, he, he's a great underrated, uh, you know, free agent out there that I think some teams, whoever gets him, is going to get a steal. Yeah, and and that's my thing is also there wasn't anything that kind of just from I think granted these are a little bit you know um, like very very basic advanced basic advanced stats is that even a term like where it's like none of his hard hit none of his you know strikeout rate none of the there wasn't too much that changed dramatically where it was like oh you know this isn't like Troy Tulowitzki when his numbers went down where it was like oh yeah he's striking out a lot more and also he isn't hitting the ball as hard maybe this is a sign that this is a legit decline and not just bad luck or just an off year. And I think that with the case of Conforto, he's also still just 28 years old, I'm pretty sure. So I'm not really – I just think that in terms of value. I get that Castellanos feels like more of a sure thing when it comes to his bat. I think that that's the type of thing the Padres do need. They need home run power. I know. Before you make another joke, okay, because you already attacked me once, I know, the team that was known as Slam Diego, all of a sudden, they their biggest problem is home runs. They were like 22nd in the league in home runs, 21st in slugging percentage, so they really struggled in that area, so a home run hitter would be good, but the question is, like, I'll take a Bryant only because... Like, at least he's not the worst defender in the league, uh, which is a lot by, I mean, defensive run saves, I think, since the beginning of, like, two seasons ago. Castellanos is, like, I think the lowest in the league. So if you do that, on top of the fact that the Padres' current lineup, the first baseman that they currently have, there isn't, even if you were to bring in the DH to the National League, at one point, you're going to have one of those two guys that has to play defensively. That, so for me, it's like, all right, I'll take a subpar Bryant and take the versatility. And I'll definitely take the Conforto thing because I just think it's not going to cost nearly as much as a Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant is going to get paid. I have no doubt about it in my mind. I wouldn't be surprised if he got like $200 billion, to be honest with you. I just think that teams are ready. I think they're ready to bring in that winning caliber player and all that stuff. And versatility means something every now and then. Um you know, this isn't like a, a Chris Taylor level where it's like he's just good at all the positions. But I do think it matters, but it has to be because the Padres fans also speak of versatility. Um, they were like, hey, man, Alfaro. I don't know if you heard about Jorge Alfaro getting traded to the Padres. We're like, hey, but he could play left, too. Oh, no. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's because he he played in left. Not that he yeah. can play it. He just happened to play in left field because the Marlins, I mean, I've never, I mean, that was a tank job and a half, what they were Horrible. doing with Oriel Far out there. And he has like the worst like strikeout rate ever or something like that. Like, the, it's the just, Mets, uh, the, they won a that game because he was out there. There was a game yeah. where oh, yeah. Javi Baez you know, came oh, around yeah. to score and it was mm -hmm. just because Alfaro like had no chance out there. I think this so was the bad. thumbs down game, right? Or like the post it been. thumbs down it, game. It, it was around the fans that time. like lost their mind. Yeah, I think it was around that time. And then Javi Baez scored. The fans are losing their minds. They're like, how how dare they? And all, all this stuff. And it's like, I mean, yeah, I thought it was a little dumb. But also, like, don't you ever find it weird when fans call players soft, but then like 
players oh, yeah. do something fairly innocuous in the grand scheme of things, and then it's like the they're the ones that are sets. It's like who cares? Like I I saw the thumbs down, and I was like, oh, that's kind of dumb. And then I moved down. I moved on. Yeah. That's a, and in fairness, I think a lot of people are like that for a lot of things in life. Not to go down too many tangents, but I think most people, when they're not on the internet, they're just like, I don't like that. All right, cool. I'm gonna go watch a Home Improvement or whatever the hell. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's how people operate most of the time. Yeah, that that whole thing. I, I was that was the, a big point I was making. Is I was like, all right, we're we're saying these players are thin skinned, and then you can't even accept the apology, and you're still upset about it two days. I'm like, come on, man. They're baseball Your players. Your team, man. Your team uh, really is opera. like the. It's a it's a, a Real Housewives of NYC, yeah. man. It's just absolutely chaotic over there. And you guys have one of my favorite players in baseball on your team too. So I, I actually secretly root for you, even if you slandered me earlier. Um, I still root for for your team. Just I didn't slander yeah, you. I slandered the Padres yeah. and Max Scherzer. Yeah, you slandered the Padres. Yeah, you slandered the Padres. I mean, it, you didn't slander me. You just kind of hurt me. I think is the, is the better way to hurt. I, I apologize. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't mean it. To. Happens, man. But, uh, you know, I don't know about you. I'm thinking about betting on the Mets to win the World Series. Uh, it's, Are you really? I'm Ooh, thinking I about like it. that. Yeah. I'm thinking about, I mean, it's not bad. The odds might not be super good because of such a bad season. I'm, I'm, I mean, hey, I, I did like that with the Chargers a while now, ago. You know? and you gotta yeah, grab the, the value you will be low. Hey, someone who bet money on the Giants and someone who bet money on the Braves last year won a whole lot of money. So, hey. That's that right. And one place you can go is Bet Online, which would like to wish you a happy new betting year as they continue their march towards the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the sports wagering action for 2022. A new year, a new updated desktop and mobile website. So if you want to sign up today, you can receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit just by using our promo code Locked On from football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC. Right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage. Of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season, BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. So, well done. Uh, mm-hmm. Going back to, to Conforto real quick, uh, based on what you were saying there, I, I think if you're looking at free agency right now, I, I just wrote an article for just baseball about Trevor Story um, going along the great same website. lines. It's, Love it. Uh, it's a great website, yeah. You've heard of it. Uh, <laughs> I've heard of it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, you know, talking about how he was, you know, he's in a similar place as Marcus Simeon is. And I think if mm-hmm. you're looking at Conforto yep. and Story, I I personally, if I'm a GM, I'm looking at players coming off down years that I can sign to value contracts as opposed to mm-hmm. Carlos Correa, who's coming off, yeah, you man. know, the one year where he's healthy. Now he's going to get maybe mm-hmm. a 10-year deal. and That's a lot of risk. And Chris Bryant, who, while he had a decent year, there's clear signs of decline there. There just is compared to. Yeah, I think there are signs. It's one of those where like it wouldn't surprise you if in two years, maybe not immediately, but like in three years, you're like, oh, my God, this is a 250, 320 guy now. Exactly. And I think that I think for the first two years would be great. And the Mets have some interest Mm -hmm. and I wouldn't be surprised if Steve Cohen just wanted another shiny toy at the end of this lockout yeah, and <laughs> decided to sign Chris Bryant. But that's what concerns me is yeah, 2022 I'll be all in on it. I'll be all in on it. I'll sell it to Mets fans win now. That's great. But yeah, three years from now, don't love it. And I, I feel the same about some of these other free agents. I think Michael Conforto and Trevor story right now, if I was to grade out all the, the position players that are available, I think those are the two most attractive guys to me right now. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. I think so too. I think story is fascinating because I think on one level, the chorus thing is real with him, 
but it's not i don't think it's enough to justify like okay he, so he becomes like a, a god in Coors Field. Then he just becomes a really solid offensive player who can also swipe you some bags, decent base runner too. And then most importantly to me, I think in the in the story argument is that he's a great glove. And that's not yeah. something that I'm worried about that won't translate if I'm another team. I know a lot of people have said Yankees, they desperately need a shortstop. Uh, your team does not need a shortstop at all whatsoever, um, despite what the naysayers may say. Um, I think that I think story is a very fascinating uh, free agent in a lot of ways. I don't know like, I genuinely don't know what he's going to get, right? Like, I yeah. don't – because I, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets paid a lot. Like, does he get what Javi Baez got? I mean, maybe, right? Because I just think that people look at the past seasons that he's had where he's been a 30-home run guy, good on-base percentage. Yes, he strikes out a lot, but I don't really care anymore. I don't know about you. I don't care if someone is striking out as nearly as uh, much these days as I used to. Because, like, yeah. it matters, but I'm just kind of like – yeah, but everybody is, right? Like a 26% strikeout rate isn't what it used to be. You know what I mean? Now, when you're in the Javi Baez territory, I mean, then, <laughs> then we got to talk a little bit. Then we got to talk a little bit. But I think with Story, he would be a fascinating free agent. Maybe they'll even – weren't the, were they playing him in the outfield? I forgot if Colorado was doing that. I don't I think so. I think, he's been, I think I he's been pretty much exclusively a shortstop. But I think he probably could. Maybe I'm thinking of my shortstop. I'm thinking of my shortstop, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Tatis yeah, in right field. <laughs> Yeah, but um, yeah, that's that's I think that I he's he can play third, short, second for sure, and yeah. uh, mm-hmm. I think it, like you said that the bias contract is the one that I think if you were to get a long term deal, it'd be around that with those six for one forty. Mm-hmm. But if, if you're Trevor Story, I'm trying to hit free agency again next year when there's not a crowded class of shortstops. Yes, and mm-hmm. he can you know parlay a good season. I also think that even though the home road splits are crazy. I think this idea that a player who plays at Coors Field, like suddenly their road splits are going to be their entire season. Like he, yeah. like story's going to be hot somewhere. You know, if he's he'll mm-hmm. get comfortable at whatever ballpark he's at, and he's not just going to be a 680 OPS guy everywhere because that's what his OPS is on the road. I think mm-hmm. that it's more when you go from the high altitude, and then you go somewhere else. Maybe that that mm-hmm. creates even more of a drastic split there. Yeah, and maybe it'll just take some time to adjust. I just. I think these are also human beings, and at some level, you got to be like, well, at some level, guys, he is doing these numbers. So how yeah. much does it translate? Will we figure out how to do better elsewhere? I think that, like, you're right. Like, hey, the Yankee Stadium, it's not like going there would be some killer for his his power. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, this isn't, you know, uh, Petco or this isn't, you know, Seattle or any place like that, right? Like, this isn't uh, – uh, this is a hitter's ballpark. So I think that teams should still be in on Trevor's story. I think a lot of teams in general should be in on a lot of these players I had. Uh, down years because one of my biggest points and before we kind of wind down I feel like for me I've been very interested and I've been very not alarmed because baseball fans are crazy I don't know it's just I found it weird that how many teams are so how many fan bases are like go sign Bryant go trade for Matt Olson go do this sign Scherzer sign Stroman do all these deals when literally the two most successful teams in baseball this year were the the Giants who brought in Darren Ruff and re-signed Kevin Gosman, Ethi Disclafani, and even Aaron Sanchez. I know he didn't pitch, but, like, did all these, like, low-cost moves. And then the Braves, who, after everybody got hurt, they're like, let's just trade for these kind of undervalued guys. And then they won the World Series. Yet everyone's like, okay, cool, whatever. Uh, Go sign Chris Bryant immediately. Go (laughs) sign Carlos Correa immediately. Like, I'm not saying it's a bad idea to sign really good players. I'm not trying to, you know, moneyball this and say that owners should save money or anything like that. I'm just saying I don't like the idea that this is the only way. 
to fix a team. And I especially think in the case of the Padres, a little bit more so than your team, uh, they're in a position where they got to be a little bit more careful because they're running out of flexibility with the guy that's playing first base being still locked up for another four years with the fact that their farm system death isn't the same thing. I think that they, they just signing the big, big name. I don't know if that's the only way. Cause then what if they turn bad? This is baseball, man. How many times have we seen that the guy turning 30 just stinks in a year? Yeah. Go ask DJ LeMahieu and the Yankees fans how they're doing right now. <laughs> It's funny though. I think you know. I fired a shot at you with Max Scherzer. I think you unintentionally fired one at me because you just riled off like seven or eight podcasts I've done in the, in the past month. Sign Chris Bryant. Sign Marcus Stroman. I've done them all. But hey, <laughs> look, I'm not saying that was the, the the basis behind my. I'm not saying I was revengeful. I'm not doing anything like that. This is the last of us part two or anything, man. I'm a, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll yeah. take the the stray bullet. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, I think the last thing uh, we should maybe mention before we close, uh, you mentioned your favorite player on the Mets. I'm imagining that it's that shortstop that we alluded to, yes, Francisco sir. Lindor. Uh, Absolutely. Can, you know, when, when Arm is out here on, on Twitter, you know, saying that, that uh, Arm Layton, yes, a criminal, yeah, you yes. know, that that the the <laughs> Mets that uh, you know, who would sign that 341 million dollar contract a year into it, we're already doing the buyer's remorse mm-hmm. thing. Uh, can you please just enlighten people on how good this guy is and how we should not take too much from two bad months at the start of a season? The only thing I will say that I do agree with is maybe a little bit of, did you have to extend him immediately? I don't know. I don't know yeah. the insider on that. Maybe you could be like, okay, maybe you save 60, right? Maybe you only had to pay him 270 or something like that. But the bottom line is this. The guy's glove is generational. He's got power. Yes, it's possible that his offensive prowess isn't going to be incredible, but... I just see, like, what if this guy, and this is what I think always happens in baseball. What if he's just, for like 10 years, a four and a half war player? Every year, every year he gives you that defense and really saw maybe he gets you 270 average, 340, 350 on base, gives you like 25, 30 home runs, and an incredible defense. If he just does that every year, that's like an incredible contract. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's an incredible, incredible player. He's got the talent, he's got the mojo. I know that they had some bad moments this year. Granted, I enjoyed them as a bystander. I enjoyed the raccoon incident. It was the funniest thing that happened this season by far. Watching the interviews, like, my guy was like me when I'm playing faking it on Jackbox Party Pack, where I'm like, yeah, it's crazy, man. Like, that. that <laughs> I mean, it was just like, that's literally me trying to pretend that about the faker in that game. I'm like, yeah, I mean, dude, crazy story. Like, that. that's how you know someone's lying, is when they say something's crazy. You know what I mean? Right before starting. Like, here's the crazy thing about that. Um, I did enjoy it. I think it was a down year, but he also showed signs of getting better at the end of the year. And most importantly, he has the Puerto Rican power. As you know, I root for every Puerto Rican player, um, except for Correa lately, because he was he, he was temporarily suspended. He's back on, but he was temporarily suspended for certain reasons uh, <laughs> pertaining to the Astros. But uh, yeah, I think he's going to be great. And I think that Mets fans should calm down a little bit. I feel like they're not freaking out too much it is just year one and like you said earlier about Conforto everyone on the Mets team fell apart this year this always seems to happen in their first year so second year maybe the lights aren't shining as brightly no I'm just kidding they're always gonna be shining brightly you guys just signed Scherzer and and Cannon Marte like I'm pretty sure it's still gonna be high expectations but uh yeah I'm not worried about that and if you look at qualified shortstops since like maybe like 2017 around then uh, Lindor is among the best in baseball. So I think this recency prisoner of the moment thing is very dangerous. Would it surprise me if Lindor is better than Correa next year? No, that's how you should look at this. Would it surprise you if he's better than a lot of these guys? No. Right. Would it surprise you if he's better than Tatis offensively? 
yeah i'd be like what the hell what just happened what <laughs> what just happened but as a total package francisco Lindor is a stud and could be the hero that saves the the mets for years to come yeah i've talked about it on my show you know carlos beltran had a bad first year at the Mets. second year he was awesome and i look at Lindor yeah. and I know a lot of fans, they would see him go up to the plate, and because he was so bad early on, they kept on seeing that 190 mm-hmm. average, and that would just automatically yeah. color their opinion yeah. on him. But I watched every single game, and yeah, he might not have gotten that one hit, but he made that play in the hole with bases loaded and one out and, and was able mm-hmm. to turn a ridiculous double play, and suddenly the Mets got out of a jam that saved you four run, or three runs, whoever knows how much those innings could have spiraled. So that defense, mm-hmm. I watched Wilmer Flores uh, play shortstop for like years. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that uh, Mets fans should should be appreciative of mm-hmm. what, what Lindor is bringing there defensively because it's it's a huge Absolutely. Difference. And that three home run game against the Yankees on Sunday Night Baseball, <laughs> oh my God, it was electric. God, we need more of that. Give me more Yankees-Mets beef. I, I love it. That was so much fun. Uh, and I think it's great. I actually saw a Grant Slab in person for this past season uh, from Lador, which was just great because I went to a Mets game. Um, it was against the Marlins, actually. So, yeah, man. I mean, if I'm a Mets fan, don't freak out too much. I know it was a disappointing year, but keep in mind it was everybody. And he got a lot of years left, and he's a super, super talented player. Yeah, should be a big year for him. And, uh, yeah, like you said, hopefully we see more of that uh, great Mets Yankees. Just not better than Tatis. Yeah, just not better than uh, Tatis, of course. I guess that's a whole other <laughs> podcast, right? Yeah, it might be. <laughs> All right, well, that was uh, today's crossover episode, Locked On Mets, Locked On Padres. Uh, where can people find your work, Javi, for the, the podcast audience? Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, for the YouTube audience, you probably see on the, the graphic right now, you can find me at Javapeno. That's J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. have been tweeting quite as much about baseball lately, but I'm getting back to it. I don't know if people heard. There's a lockout. I'm bored. I'm watching movies a lot more. Um, so that's just what happens. Uh, and, and you could also follow at LO underscore Padres for the show's account. And then Locked on Padres on YouTube because, uh, you know, I do YouTube too. So check that out. Yep. And for the the Padres listeners, you want to find my work, you can find me on Twitter at Finkelstein Ryan. Follow the show at Locked on Mets. And you can find us wherever you find Locked on Padres. Thank you for making this your first listen today. For your second listen, check out that show, Locked on Bets. They've been red hot. You got the football playoffs coming up. You want to go there for all your daily gambling needs. You can follow Locked on Bets wherever you get podcasts.